Hi and welcome back to the show. Today I am joined by Justin Tippett. He is the CEO of the recently founded Australian Customer Experience Professionals Association or otherwise known as AXPA. Justin is a career professional when it comes to customer experience. He started in call centers when he was just 18 years of age, which was over 30 years ago. He has spent his entire career within the CX space, uh, right up and down the industry, and he is now building an association to raise standards and raise awareness of the criticality and importance of good customer service and customer service systems. Um, he, it is not a customer service or contact center association. It's actually more about the broader sense of what customer service is. And as we all know now, it is a far, far reaching uh, division of a company. And it, it's sort of improper really just to focus it into one corner of a company because true customer service really reaches every aspect of a company. So it's a great conversation I had with Justin. Uh, and of course, if you want to learn more about what we talk about or go and visit Justin, then check out our show notes. That is at outsourceaccelerator.com slash podcast. Enjoy. This podcast is brought to you by Outsource Accelerator. We are the world's leading outsourcing marketplace and advisory. We help big and small businesses with their outsourcing needs, and we can help you too. We cover everything from offshore business and staffing strategy, optimal outsourcing structures, implementations, and fully managed services. If you are already outsourcing, about to start, or are somewhere in between, then we can ensure that you get the best from outsourcing. That's the best prices, best terms, and of course, the best results from your offshore operations. The Outsource Accelerator Marketplace now covers over 3,000 outsourcing firms, representing a global workforce of over 5 million people. We also host this leading outsourcing podcast, publish inside outsourcing, and have over 15,000 pages of content on the site. Because we span the entire market, we can ensure that you get the best deal possible. Get in touch today. Visit us at outsourceaccelerator.com slash quote. Also, if you find this podcast interesting or valuable, please share it. We have now produced hundreds of episodes featuring the outsourcing world's most prominent luminaries. Please show your support by sharing this podcast today. Justin, welcome to the show. What on earth motivated you to start an association of all things for the customer CX industry? 
That's a very good question. Thank you, Derek. And thanks for having me on this show. It's an honor to be here. There's a number before me. So I think you're in the 400. So uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, look, good question. What the hell prompted me to do that? Um, oh, look, I've been in this industry for, for 30 odd years, Derek. I started on the phones when I was 18. And uh, it's been a very, very good career for me. And uh, it's managed, enabled me to do everything I wanted to do in life in terms of, you know, buy a house and have kids and travel the world and all that sort of stuff. So I've always been incredibly grateful, I guess, for the opportunities that the industry has provided to me. And, um, you know, over the years, I've been involved in various sort of associations and judging and all sorts of stuff. And, you know, I guess um, through COVID, I had a bit of time to reflect and just thought, you know what, um, I'm not happy with the way things are going. I think we could do a better job. And uh, I thought, well, I can keep whinging about it or put my hand up and do something about it. So uh, that's what I did. Well done. And is this to what is your mission then? Is it to raise standards? Is it to to bring contact centres back to Australia? Is it to, you know, so because it's a, such a fast-changing industry, isn't it? You know, I mean, we can maybe talk about this in the podcast, but um, maybe 20, 30 years ago, contact centres were pretty sort of one-dimensional and simplistic, but now it's, it's um, very complex, uh, spreading right across multi-platform. So... Um, where is your, what is the mission of the association, I suppose? Yeah, you're right. We've, we've, look, we've got a few pillars, I guess, around um, what we want to do for the industry. But, you know, if I had to summarise it, I'd say is, you know, what we want to do is, is get the recognition that I think it deserves. Um, you know, we are an incredibly talented bunch of individuals that work in the industry. And, I, and I'll preface that by saying AXPA is not just contact centres. We, we cover customer experience, digital service, and customer service, so our frontline guys, because the reality is today, you know, businesses can't just look at any of those channels in isolation. You know, you've got to have a, a united strategy across all of those fronts. So that's what we aim to do at AXPA. And, and, you know, I hope that people see it as an industry that they want to work in. Because when I went to school, you know, no one ever grew up and said, you know, hey, I want, when I go to school, I want to grow up and work in a contact centre or I want to work in CX. And yet I don't know why, Derek, because it is a, an industry that provides so many different opportunities for people. Uh, and, you know, from starting on the phones through to, to, you know, literally to CEO roles and everything in between. And so why wouldn't we want to sort of promote that? And I just don't think we do that very well as an industry. And if AXPER achieves one thing, it'll be that uh, we get that credibility that I think we deserve. Why do you think there is that, uh, like, like a paradox with it? Because even even companies themselves, like customer service, is really the front line, isn't it? It's, mm. it's the coalface, and it is it, the connection from the public to the to the product. Yet, often it's the first thing to be outsourced. It's the first thing where it's considered, you know, a, a revenue suck instead of a revenue generator. Why do you think there is this sort of long-standing? Um, I suppose, default, that customer service is just something you've got to do uh, and let's get it done as cheaply as possible. Yeah, look, I think we've got to take some accountability for that as an industry because I think part of the narrative that you've seen, whether it's on LinkedIn or or in the media, is exactly that. It, it, it's a cost centre and we've never actually been able to demonstrate that the impact that we can have on a business's bottom line in a positive way. Um, and so I think you know, the more that we can do that, the, the more business is going to start paying attention. And if we can say, well, if I can in increase your, uh, you know, customer retention by 28%, or if I can improve productivity by X and therefore efficiency improves and actually demonstrate the ROI for the investment 
in your customer service or frontline, then you're going to get the C-level taking more uh, interest, I guess, in what we do. But uh, yeah, you're right. It's been dismissed as a cost center for, for far too long. And, and you sort of touched on it a bit earlier. I think, look, that may have been the case you know, 30 years ago when, you know, with all due respect, we didn't need high intelligence to, to man the contact centers. They were very basic questions. You know, if I rang my bank, it was literally uh, people ringing up saying, what's my bank balance? Because mm. we didn't have apps. So I didn't need high skilled labor to answer those questions. But now we're seeing the complexity of the calls into contact centers increase significantly because people are trying to self-serve first and it's only when they can't that they're going to the contact center. So it needs a higher caliber of agent and a higher caliber employee. So I think as an industry, we are changing quite fundamental, uh, fundamentally and those skills are gonna become more and more important. Uh, and I think what we can do for businesses therefore is also gonna start uh, getting a little bit more interest than maybe what it has in the past. Our organization's starting to realize because I imagine there's a creep as, you know, as you said, 20, 30 years ago, it was really just phone up for your balance, but now it's, it's sales, it's technical support, um, it's, you know, it's everything and it kind of seeps deeper and deeper into the organization. Uh, and so it, it's hard to really separate this sort of customer service element. And maybe that's why it is so often um, maligned because it is just so, so difficult to answer someone's query when it could be any sort of function within a business. Um, uh, how are businesses responding to this increase in complexity? It's almost now no longer a separate function. It, it's ingrained in every part of the business. Yeah, you're right. Look, we've certainly seen a big growth in in sort of you know, knowledge man management platforms as an example where you can get the right answer at the right time in front of the right agent um, because, you know, we can't just expect our agents to know everything. They, they are getting very complex inquiries. So, uh, and we're also obviously seeing the rise of things that are, I guess, taking some jobs away or putting them under pressure around chatbots and artificial intelligence uh, that's also helping to, to handle some of that inquiry and leave the really complex stuff for your human sort of live live agents so yeah there's certainly been a fundamental shift i guess in terms of businesses now going we need to empower the front line and give them the information that they need rather than just i oh, will let them work it out uh and get an answer you know whatever it is we don't really care just answer the phone and hang up kind of thing i think those days are sort of long gone there's a lot more interest now in making sure we get the right information and with social media well um you, you give out a wrong media and uh it can have some pretty big ramifications mm -hmm. for businesses as well and that, that with that social media thing, it's almost then creeping into, you know, you can't just have a one-to-one -one conversation now because often it will sort of spread throughout the social media, which means that it's almost a marketing function, isn't it? It's a branding and marketing function as well, which which brings in a whole new part of the organisation. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you think about it, I mean, the reality is for a lot of customers, the only interaction they will ever have with a business is typically through the contact centre. You know, there is no retail store. There is no front presence. Um, so if you have a bad interaction with an employee that, that is representing that organisation, as far as you're concerned, that's systemic right through the whole organisation. So absolutely, you know, our customer service people are now brand ambassadors. You know, they are representing the brand in what may only be a single interaction for the lifetime of that customer. Mm. And other examples that stand out to you, it you know, seeing it from the inside, are there obvious examples where in some circumstances customer service excels versus, you know, there's there's probably numerous examples where it doesn't, but is it 
is is it sort of easy to do right or is it always this thing where you're pushing uphill because of the complexities yeah i i think it's uh, yeah the latter i i think it's a, it's a constantly moving space i don't think if anyone says we've got it right and uh, you know, sort of packs up. No, you, you don't. Uh, it's always moving. Customer expectations are moving. Business requirements are moving. Business systems are changing. Uh, so it's in a constant state of flux. And I think the companies that do it well recognise that. Uh, but I don't think you're ever going to sort of go. You know, we've, we've got this perfect. I think what you want is processes that uh, that enable you to know when things are going off track and be able to get back on pretty quickly. Uh, and I think the better companies are good at listening to their customers in in real time and taking in taking action and if you think of things like customer journey mapping for example i mean that can be a great process to get some insight out of your business but it can take three to six months to do a customer journey map uh, with a sufficient detail but by the time you got to the end the process has already changed again so you know i think sort of being real time and, and staying on top of what your customers are telling you and the, and the problems they're experiencing is always going to put those companies in a better position than those that don't yeah. And you've mentioned omnichannel and of course, just all of these different inflows creates complexity, but also exposure and accountability. Um, how have you seen the rise of omnichannel and clients as well now expect a lot of clients don't want to get on a phone anymore, do they? I think it's sort of maybe safer, more convenient if people can text or maybe email. Um, how have you seen that rise within the CX industry and and the management of it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. There is definitely a preference to avoid phone calls where you can, <laughs> um, but of course it's not always possible for some organisations. But as a rule, I think people like to self serve where they can because it's quicker. You know, if I'm looking for a problem, uh, sorry, an answer to a problem, you know, the first thing I'm going to do is most likely go to Google, and you know, I'm going to get the search results, and if that fixes my problem, happy days. Now, whether that's from a YouTube video, a TikTok video, uh, or an FAQ page on a website, I don't really care as long as it answers my inquiry. Uh, so it's only when I get stuck that I tend to, you know, to go to the phone call as that last resort because, you know, it's painful. But often it's, it's a, you know, press one for this, press two. We know the IVRs from hell sometimes for organisations trying to find phone numbers. You know, organisations are still living in the dark ages where we make it almost impossible for consumers to find a phone number because they don't want to have to deal with them on the phone. They'd rather push them to these so-called lower cost channels. So, yeah, there, there is there's certainly a lot of things changing, but I think, Again, the good organisations enable their customers' choice. Uh, if you want to pick up the phone, go for it. If you want to email, SMS, send a WhatsApp, Facebook Messenger, we're happy to hear from you as well. And then you mentioned earlier the the rise of tools. Obviously, there's a lot of talk about AI and um, there's a lot of CX softwares and tools now that are making the process easier. Um, where do you see the trajectory of that um, is it, it, it's sort of more enablement. Is it, is it ending up with better results or is it kind of just creating a more complex picture for everyone? <laughs> yeah, I think a complex picture, to be honest, Derek. Uh, you know, if I was a technology vendor, they'll, they'll tell you that it will solve the world. You know, buy my technology, put in this app and everything will be solved. It's not. Um, you know, junk in, junk out. If you don't know the answers to some of your basic inquiries that customers are ringing for, it doesn't matter whether you've got an app or artificial intelligence, it's still going to be a failure. Um, so you still need to have the business intelligence, which is often lacking for, for a lot of businesses. Um, but, yeah, look, there's no doubt it's going to have an impact 
impact as we go on. AI is getting smarter. I've been playing with chat uh, GBT like probably mm. a lot of the world in the last few weeks, and uh, it's extraordinary. And, uh, you know, I just think, wow, where's that going to go? And and to me, things like that are going to completely change our industry. And and to put that into perspective, um, you know, with Microsoft having a fairly large share in, in chat uh, GBT, you know, what's to stop them pushing that out uh, and pushing it into Bing, uh, which is their search engine. I mean, in Australia, I'm not sure in the Philippines, Derek, but certainly Google has about 98% market share, I think, in terms of search engines. But, you know, Bing's still around. So if Bing suddenly gets empowered with um, chat GPT, you can ask a question, get a great answer. It's not even going to push you to a website anymore. It's just going to grab the answer and give it to you. No mm-hmm. FAQs, no company websites. And suddenly that's a big game changer. So, you know, there's always something over the horizon in our industry that's going to come and it's going to be the death of contact centres. But, you know, look, I've been hearing it for 30 years. You know, first it was faxes, then it was, uh, you know, SMSs and then it was live chat and here we are, right? We're still going stronger and stronger. So I don't think uh, we're ready to all pack up and go home just yet, but there's no doubt it is certainly going to have more of an impact as the years go on. It is fascinating, isn't it? You mentioned the chat GPT and I was playing with it and, getting it to review certain BPO websites. I would say, you know, here's this URL, create a quick summary. And it's funny, some were very accurate reviews and some were very vague. Like you wouldn't even know from the the summary that this was an outsourcing firm. And that implies then that the outsourcing firm's website is not actually clear enough, which is quite an interesting indicator. And I, I wonder, you know, in terms of, you mentioned, the sort of fundamental business intelligence needs to be clear to to get a good CX process. It'd be interesting eventually if you could get this sort of uh, AI or chat GPT to to analyze just an entire bank's systems, if you're doing bank CX, and then if it can come up with the answers, then obviously it's the system is sort of there and it's it's within the system. But if there's vague answers, then probably there's just not the sort of foundational knowledge written clearly enough yeah it'd be interesting it's almost like a an objective assessment of uh, clarity yeah you're right and and i think you know we've we've also burnt consumers a lot you know and and if you think of when ivrs first came in you know geez we butchered them didn't we you know we had Mm. about 300 layers and now people are scarred by that they you know they get an ivr and it might only be one layer with five options and they'll still try their best to avoid it and i think we've seen the same with live chat or or ai and chatbots some of the chatbots out there are just horrendous and so what you're going to find is people aren't going to engage. You know, we've already scarred them and we run the risk of doing that, I think, with with whatever comes out of ChatGPT as well. It's exactly what you said. If you try it and you get a bad experience, you're, you're far less likely to try it again. And we've got so many businesses that want to be early adopters and, yeah, we'll push this and it'll be low cost and, and often at the expense of actually making sure that it's right first. Those chatbots were shocking. Like people were so excited about the potential for chatbots, and early on, I you it's literally just an IVR in text form. And as you say, like IVRs were so badly constructed and would take you down this rabbit hole and wouldn't let you get out. And these chatbots were exactly the same, except you you felt completely powerless because you were just talking to a, a computer 
and you weren't allowed out. It was it was crazy. Like yeah, that's right. And there's still plenty around. I mean, you don't have to look hard to find bad chatbots. They're they're still out there on for some very big organisations. So you know, I think as an industry, again, I think we've got a lot of work to do because things like that just erode, you know, customer face. I think in terms mm-hmm. of what you know, wow, you 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 don't even care about me. You won't let me speak to a live agent, and all you trying to do is dish up this you know garbage experience where I keep asking the same question and you. Can't keep repeating the same answer back to me and I can't loop out and it's just horrendous, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, again, if, if customers, if businesses don't value that customer experience, then, you know, you were always going to be up against it. So, you know, I think when you take the more macro view, we've still got to get better at articulating the benefits that CX has on an organisation on the bottom line because, you know, money talks, you know. Uh, it works in every other sector of a business. Um, but for some reason, customer service is just you know, written off as a cost centre and nothing more. Um, when I think it couldn't be further from the truth, you think of a great customer experience that you've had, all the stats show us you're more likely to do more business um, with that same company. Um, so, you know, everyone knows this at face level. Speak to anyone in the street, speak to any CEO. They'll tell you about a horrible experience they had with a company and they never went back there again. Mm-hmm. Yet, the same, yet the same thing happens in their own organisation. So, yeah, we've got a bit of work to do to try and cut through that noise, I think. Yeah, it's funny. It, it seems so obvious on the individual level and granular level, but then when you add any scale to it, it just gets so complicated, doesn't it? And even those IVRs when people are stuck in a loop, maybe the, the KPIs and metrics are showing green, green, green because, I, I don't know, it looks like it's resolved, like the person left the loop and we assume they're happy. But, you know, if you actually looked on the individual level, people aren't getting anywhere near the results that they need. It's, yeah, uh, that's it's well, that's right. It's a difficulty and, in scaling, I suppose, isn't it? Correct. And I think, you know, look, as, as CEOs, that you know, there there is a lot of moving parts that they need to keep an eye on. And, you know, customer experience and service is just one of many. Uh, and, it, you know, you could probably apply the squeaky wheel analogy and there's probably lots of squeaks in every business. Um, but I think it's up to us to sort of go, okay, well, this is why CX is important. This is the impact because you're right, at a granular level, if you explain the situation to any CEO or you let them listen to a phone call or go through the same experience on the chatbot or the SMS engine or whatever it is that you're using, most of them would be mortified and would say, just get this fixed immediately. I don't care what it costs. Mm. Um, yet we don't seem to uh, to be able to sort of get in front of them directly with that evidence. So, again, I think the good customers, uh, the good businesses, I'm sorry, are, are very good at actually um, transcribing real customer issues, actually sending calls through, sending transcripts, etc., to the CEO, playing them in the boardroom and saying, here's what's happening right now. Are you okay with this? And the answer is invariably no. Do something about it. How much do you need? <laughs> so you just need someone to actually fly the flag, so to speak. And uh, I think normally you can get a bit of traction. Right. And let's talk a little while ago about getting these cost centers into revenue generators, either by upselling or, you know, extending whatever, subscriptions, memberships, or reducing cancellations, does that hold much water or do they sort of, I don't know, do people see that as just kind of papering over the cracks and really is always going to be a cost center sort of thing? Do you, do you think you can turn this round successfully into a revenue generator or, you know, a brand builder, marketing builder, or is that really just sort of, um, you know, creative accounting Oh, no, I, th- I think it's absolutely an objective that it should be for every business. I mean, if you look at retention campaigns as an example, I mean, the, the first question you've probably got to ask is why are people leaving? 
Um, you know, why are we trying to win them back? I mean, there's part of your problem. And that's where CX becomes so much bigger than just a contact center, because we can put together a great retention campaign and say, well, out of 100 customers that we called, you know, we managed to get 20 of them back and we're going to call that a you know, fantastic success rate. But the reality is the company still lost 80 people. And, and so when you're looking at it at that top level, you know, you, you've actually got to start looking to why did we lose 100 customers? So mm. it's very easy in a contact center space, I think, to articulate some of the value that we add. I think it's a much harder in a CX space um, to be able to do the same. And where are you seeing, is there an industry that is particularly, you know, everyone looks to tech and Silicon Valley as being the sort of scions of, of advancement, but they're not really, they don't really have any presence in terms of customer service. Um, Tesla, apparently their customer service is absolutely shocking. Um, but are there any, is there a sector or industry leaders of CX, you would say, that is doing a particularly good job? pretty sad when I struggle to give you an answer on that, Derek. Um, I can give you plenty that aren't doing a good job. Um, but, I, you know, I often get asked, you know, what's a great company that's, you know, providing great customer experience? And I can't give you one. And, and I think the challenge is I, I might be able to give you a one-off example. You know, if I'm an Amazon customer, I've had a couple of great experiences through Amazon and they're well known for, for doing a good job with customer service. But I've also had a couple of shockers. And, and um, so I think part of the challenge in customer service is consistency. Uh, and that's very difficult when you're over large workforces, multiple, you know, multiple locations, multiple ethnicities, uh, et cetera, to get a consistent customer experience. So, you know, there's no one that I, unfortunately, that I can give you that will say, you know, hey, go and try this out. You'll have an amazing experience. Yeah, yeah. And how have you seen all this evolve in your career then? You've been, what, you've been working at 20, 20 plus years? I don't want to. But well, it's a, over 30, Derek. It's a, I, I start, right. I'm 50 now. I'll be very transparent. And I, I started literally when I was 18 uh, on the phones, had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. Like literally my parents had a catering company and I thought I'd probably grow up and take that over one day. And uh, when I got to about 18 and was playing Aussie rules football and a few other things on the weekend, I didn't realize that mum and dad's catering was all on the weekends and I wouldn't be able to go and do all the things I wanted to. So that quickly faded as a bad, as a bad idea. And I literally just took a part-time job in a contact center and, um, I guess, to be honest, I just fell in love with it. And uh, so, uh, yeah, has it changed a lot? <laughs> Look, some things haven't changed at all. Um, you know, I think contact centres, the good contact centres look after their people really well. I don't think anything's changed there. Uh, you know, I think there's probably a bit more recognition of what well looks like. Um, but, uh, you know, there's still just as many career opportunities. There's still a mix of tech and people and uh, coaching and culture and metrics and all that sort of stuff. Uh, a lot of it honestly hasn't changed much in 30 years. Mm. Amazing. Huh? Uh, and the globalisation of the workforce now customer service was one of the early adopters of um, outsourcing and offshoring and things like that. And I, I think, you know, as you say, like people are having a hangover from all these IVRs. I think people had a, a you know, real bad impression of offshoring um, from the early days. And I think, you know, not blaming on, on the destination country, but more, you know, in the early days of CX, systems were very basic and lacking, um, there was just no sophistication. And then I suppose as they tried to scale it, and then once you sort of put in uh, different cultures and language and um, just generally sort of poor systems, then I think the whole thing came tumbling down sort of thing. Um, 
How, how did you see that play out? Did you were you sort of involved when people were doing early testing of offshoring, and and how did you see that whole thing play out? Yeah, I've lived through it through both sides, I guess. Um, you know, I've I've, uh, I've outsourced previously to an offshore to offshore provider, um, so that was an experience trying to sort of get that up and running and get the experience that you want. But I've also run an outsourcing company, so uh, in in both Australia and and New Zealand. So you know, I've seen it through multiple lenses, and uh, yeah, it certainly has its challenges. There's there's no question, and Australia is has probably been one of the very early adopters in, in offshoring because that just the high cost of our labour. Uh, here is just you know it's just extraordinary to be honest. It's great if you're getting it, but if you're paying it, it's uh, it's it's not good. And and to give you an idea, um, and I know that some of your listeners are sort of based in the Philippines, but the the most common role here in Australia, which is a frontline customer service sort of agent on the phone, gets fifty five thousand eight hundred dollars plus superannuation, which is I think nine point five percent on top of that. So add another mm. five. So you're talking about sixty thousand dollars Australian is the average salary for a contact center agent that's an extraordinary number and so when you think of contact centers that are running a hundred seats we're talking a lot of money and so mm. you can certainly understand the attraction for Australian businesses in saying wow we we do want to answer the phone <laughs> but <laughs> we'd love to do it somewhere a whole lot cheaper and, and so we grappled with India early on like a lot of uh, a lot of countries uh, and then you know over recent times Philippines is certainly uh, as I'm sure you're aware uh, has emerged as the dominant destination for, for Australian businesses purely because of the the cost savings which are typically you know and I'm sure you'll have some exact numbers, but you know I always would quote around that sort of 60, 70% savings off what it would cost you in Australia is about sort of the mark. Um, so, and then you know more recently South Africa and even Fiji are sort of emerging as some mm -hmm. other destinations. So, yeah, it's um you know it certainly has changed, and uh, you know I've sort of been really hot and cold I guess on on outsourcing offshore, and I've certainly been quite adamant that. Sometimes it's a really bad experience, but very rarely is it because of the agent. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we often put just ridiculous systems and processes and QA checks and stuff uh, that make it really hard for the agent to have a personality. Um, you know, I was in the Philippines a few years ago and uh, doing some work, some consulting work, and, and spent a bit of time in one of the big outsources over there. And look, their agents were fantastic. And, uh, you know, off the phone, have a laugh and uh you know telling about what they did on the weekend and down the karaoke bars and you name it but as soon as that call came on it was back to really serious and no personality monotone you sort of go hang on what happened where did the person just go that i was just talking to and it's because we are doing that to them you know we are saying no we don't want to engage with the customers just answer this question follow this script uh etc so yeah i think um you know i think there's still an absolute place for for offshoring for, for any country um but we've just got to let the agents be themselves so it's a better customer experience mm -hmm. and in terms of the AI, um, you know, there's there's a strong sort of criticism of AI that it will take over outsourcing. And I've always said, no, absolutely, that's not going to happen because outsourcing is a proxy just for employment. But maybe CX at scale, um, it is at risk of losing the human component because I think when you are doing complex customer service at scale, you're really having to put in 
systems that are strong enough that someone with only a few days of training can really follow the system to give an appropriate answer. You actually can't rely on an individual's knowledge base to successfully service that customer, can you? Because the systems are just so vast and complex. So do you think that, you know, is it is it almost getting to the point where the, when the systems are complete enough and sophisticated enough that it's literally just someone reading the prompts is that what it's sort of going to come to or is there still that element and then the human element and is it really just the human then adding the touches of humor and sort of friendliness Mm, it's a very sad day if we end up uh, in that place derek uh, on a whole bunch of different levels but um Look, to answer your question specifically, look, no, I don't. Uh, look, I think there's always a place for, for empathy. Um, and I think, you know, at the moment, computers seem to really struggle with that side of things. So I think talking to a human and having someone tell me that they actually genuinely care and hearing that in their voice and their intent makes a world of a difference if we're, if we're talking in a customer service experience. In a sales experience, you know, again, you know, being able to provide the right solution to listen to what I'm saying, to paraphrase it back, to, to provide, provide a range of options to inject some humor and all that sort of stuff he's always going to get a better sales result than uh, someone just reading off a script so i think there's plenty of life left um but i do think uh, as i touched on probably earlier that the skill set of the employees certainly is going to change because that basic stuff is is going to be long gone you know you're not going to be handling basic inquiries for much longer so you know what we're really looking for is more problem solving skills and i think that's where a lot of agents are going to be because as much as all these systems are great uh when they're working (laughs) how often are they not working right so things go wrong and uh people are going to be calling and saying hey i'm trying to do this or the system told me this or my email said that or i got 400 emails in my inbox or whatever it is and we need people to be able to troubleshoot and action and there's not necessarily going to be a knowledge base or a script to handle that so we've got to provide empathy and then we've got to help troubleshoot and and so i think yeah it's going to probably gravitate gravitate a bit more down that path uh in, in the immediate to sort of medium future it's fascinating and it will never because you're the system's getting better but also the systems that they're attending to are getting more infinitely more complex aren't they so you know yep. it's always this battle of you know things are infinitely more complicated these days and sure you've got better systems to cope with it but it's always just that battle and it, it, it's never going to be completely resolved because innovation is happening all the time it's uh, gosh it's a it's a hard one huh? Yeah, that's right. It is innovation is happening all the time, so things are always going to go wrong, right? Uh, unless we just suddenly get amazing at testing uh, and spending months, which we don't do. Organisations are always pretty quick to rush things in, or products they have to respond to the market, so there's quick changes to products or services, etc. So, you know, I think yeah, there'll always be uh, things that go wrong, and hopefully there'll always be someone that you can you know, pick up the phone and talk to to help you get it back on track. So you've just launched recently. Tell tell us about this journey, the Australian Customer Experience Professionals Association. Uh, when did you launch, and how's the journey going so far? And how how do you see what is what are your expectations for for this and the industry generally? Yeah, thank you. It's um, I look, it's pretty fresh. Um, I uh, really officially launched on World CX Day uh, last year in in October, but it was a pretty soft launch. The the website that uh, that I've built is took just over twelve months to build, so it's quite a 
complex site and, and, and I guess behind the scenes anyway, I wanted to make it nice and easy for the users. And I guess the challenge you've always got, Derek, is if you're going to call yourself the, uh, you know, a customer experience professionals association, the last thing you want is a really bad experience when someone goes to the website. So, you know, we put a lot of work into trying to make sure that that user experience was quite good on the website. So please don't test it now and tell me that something's not, <laughs> not working while we're, uh, while we're live on here. Um, but, um, you know, we've, we've also made sure that uh, I guess from an association perspective that it's quite uh, innovative in some of the things that we do so you know we can uh, we've got a really comprehensive way that we can connect our members so we've got some fantastic search filters uh, where you can try and say you know what I really want to speak to someone who's based in you know in New South Wales who works in customer experience who's also got a 10-seat call center and is currently working with artificial intelligence and you know whack that filter in and it'll go here's the members that meet that criteria you can reach out and connect to them on the AXPA platform you can message them directly on the Axford platform. So I really wanted to try and help build professional communities, uh, as well as, of course, all the in-person stuff as well. We've got a site tour coming up uh, in four weeks at a place in Melbourne, and we'll be doing those all over Australia. So, yeah, it was just, a, a, I guess, a way of sort of going, you know what, let's get on the front foot about our industry. Let's be sort of new, modern, innovative in what we do. We've got live symposiums once a month because, I don't know, I just get sick of seeing stuff on LinkedIn that is just trying to sell me something nothing is trying to educate me, mm. uh, you know, because all the content that's out there is typically written by vendors who are trying to sell something and you can't blame them. That's the platform to do it, but it's not helping to educate our industry. So for me, it was like, you know what? No, we, as an industry association, we should be publishing articles with tips on how to do X, Y, Z that aren't trying to sell you anything. We're just trying to educate. So, you know, that's really the, 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 the ethos right behind the whole sort of expert association is just trying to help members and give them actual practical real things that can help live workshops where we try and educate people we get an expert in and say here's an hour session on how to write a journey map or here's how to develop a cx strategy here's how to measure you know agent performance in a call center it's not a vendor it's it's just an industry expert trying to help people so it's exciting to be able to try and bring that all together it's something i think we've lacked as an industry for for a long 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 time not just in australia but you know i think globally of um we're nothing like your reach derek but um i had a i launched a site about 10 years ago called cxcentral.com.au uh, it's still around if people want to have a look and we get around 10 to 15,000 unique users on that site every single month uh, and they are just reading articles and tips it was really what uh, axel was born from um, and uh, there's still a lot of content there, albeit some of it's getting a bit old. Um, so it was really just, I guess, CX Central going, wow, we've got a great platform. People tell us that they like reading the content and enjoying it and keep going back. How can we do this better and how can we sort of be uh, the lead, I guess, in terms of an association? So, yeah, exciting times. Well done. And is it, a, um, is it an industry that is that is quite tight there you know people are in the industry they stay in the industry and they're passionate and they're innovating i see a lot of innovation as you do as you always do around in, in technology and often these are techies technologists engineers programmers that come up with an idea and think they've got the solution for a particular part of cx and it seems to be quite um in the limelight at the moment but i don't really believe they're they're really from the industry i i think that often they come in and they've got a good idea and then they're putting it into the industry how do you see the industry how it you know what does the industry itself embody is it sort of passionate young professionals or um how would you describe it 
it's a bit of everything, I think, Derek. I mean, the reality is, you know, we've got frontline agents. For, it's their first job. You know, for a lot of people, their very first job is working in a call centre. And uh, some of them stay in the call centre and uh, and some sort of eventually move on to either other roles in the same business or they just move right out of the industry uh, altogether. We've got some stats on our website uh, on the survey we did last year on exactly uh, what those numbers are. Um, but I think, uh, you know, the reality is um, that's just contact centres. So, you know, we're also talking CX and tech and all that stuff that you mentioned. And, yeah, absolutely, uh, every week, and I'm sure you're probably the same, I, I hear from another vendor who's just launched a new product who thinks it's going to solve the world, uh, who is coming from the tech side of things. And, you know, we are, I guess, in some respects, right at the forefront of a pretty exciting time, right? You know, when we're talking about AI and, and, and digital avatars and all this sort of stuff that is starting to come through. And I think, great, there's not, it's not to say there's not a place for it. I think there is. Um, but what's the issue that we're trying to solve? Is it actually helping uh, customers? And I think, you know, all we're trying to do is create products to sell products, not necessarily help customers. So, yeah, that's sort of, I think, where it's at at the moment. Lots of tech um, coming from outside of the industry and lots of people inside the industry saying, you know what, I'm still struggling with uh, what KPI should I use for my agents? Where do I find my next agents? Because recruitment's really tough. Uh, how the hell do I do this coaching thing? Uh, how do I retain my good employees? How do I do reward and recognition? How do I calculate how many agents I need to be on the phone? Some of these fundamentals just haven't changed yeah. in yeah. 30 years. And yet we've got people trying to sell AI and chatbots. And I'm like, well, hang on a minute. You're sprinting before we're even walking in a lot of contact centres. Fascinating. Fascinating. Well, Justin, thank you so much. Um, and good luck with your venture. Um, I certainly wish you the best and I'll be, I'll be checking in on you regularly. Um, if anyone wants to find you on the internet, learn more or connect with you, how can they do that? Yeah, well, just uh, absolutely. Please just reach out on, on, on LinkedIn. So just Justin Tippett. And uh, and also uh, have a look at AXPA website. Uh, there's lots of information there. So uh, I'm sure you'll put that up for your listeners, axpa.com.au. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we'd love to connect. We'll put all that in the show notes. Thank you so much, Justin. Good on you. Thanks, Terry. Cool. Thank you. That was Justin Tippett. He is the CEO of Australian Customer Experience Professionals Association. As always, if you want any of the show notes, go to outsourceaccelerator.com slash podcast. And if you want to reach out to us, just email us at ask at outsourceaccelerator.com. See you next time.